thought now and just remind ourselves of what this time of year really, truly is all about. And uh, before I do that, I'll get the PowerPoint. I'm going to read just a few words from Luke's Gospel again as a reminder uh, of uh, this time of year. From Luke chapter 2 and from verse 8, where it all began. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Just suppose it finished there. We wouldn't be here celebrating today, would we? But it didn't finish there because the shepherds did something about it. And that's like you and I when we hear the Gospel and the the good news of Jesus week by week and we are prompted many a time by the Spirit of God to do something about it. The shepherds were obedient. The shepherds heard the good news and it says in verse 15 as it came to pass as the angels were gone away from heaven The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. They were obedient and they went and saw what the angel had said. And perhaps we are being challenged again at the end of of another year to be obedient to the message that we have heard perhaps so many, many times and come to put our faith and our trust and reliance, commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just have a moment of silence and prayer and think on that. Father, again, we thank you for another opportunity that you've given to each one of us to hear your word, to hear again uh, the gospel message. It's probably been hidden in so many hearts and lives these past few days by all the, the things that have been going on round about. Nevertheless, Lord, we thank you for coming. We thank you for being our Lord and our Saviour. Thank you 
for dying on the cross as we've remembered uh, this morning. And we thank you, Lord, that you are indeed our Saviour, that you can forgive sins, that you can restore us again to yourself. And we thank you again for an opportunity each time we meet to recommit ourselves and to put ourselves again in your service. Perhaps over this last year there's been so much that's been taking our time and our attention, so much that has taken us away from you, and perhaps we've only offered unto you part of our lives, part of our commitment. But Lord, this morning again, help us to remind you us who you are and what you mean to us. And we pray, Lord, that you just speak to us and draw us closer to yourself in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I suppose it's all over, isn't it? <laughs> no more mince pies. No more turkey. No more presents. No more sweets and chocolates. Nothing much to look forward to, have we? And that's the way with many people now. It, uh, it will seem to fall flat, doesn't it? We don't make much of New Year around here, unless, of course, you're Scottish or something like that. But we don't. It's gone. It's finished. And it's over with. We put the decorations away. Till next year, God willing. And that's it. Or is it? And as we're putting things away, perhaps we, we're just reminded again of uh, the things that have been round about. Put the tree away. Think of the star of Bethlehem. Or perhaps there's an angel on your tree. I, I don't know. And all the glitter and the baubles and the lights and the brightness seem to go now, don't they? at this time of year. And if we're putting these things away, just how much of all that's gone on in the last few days really speak of Christmas and the true meaning of Christmas. That Jesus has been the reason for the season, uh, as we say. Yeah, we can be reminded with the star and the angels, but all the other things. So much clutter, isn't there? that invade Christmas, that invade the message, that take it away. And there's a lot really not there to have anything to do with it at all. But I've noticed over the last two or three years, there's one little item that now starts to seem to appear on, on uh, Christmas trees and in our homes. And it's that. Do you remember that? The candy cane. And as we put in things away, I was thinking, like Peter Kay says, what's that? What's that got to do with Christmas? What's a, a simple little thing like that mean at Christmas time? And there's a little hidden message there that's often not seen. And I wanted to remind ourselves this morning of what that simple little message is 
that that little stick brings to you and me. Where did it come from? Well, it appears over the last few years. It's not just on the tree now. If you go to these garden centres, they've got these canes that light up and you can put them all down your driveway and, you know, be attractive to your neighbours, you know. It might be a witness next year to do that and when they ask what it is, you can tell them because you'll know from, from this morning. Where did it come from? Well, it wasn't like that originally. All it was was a little plain stick. There's no Yukon, nothing. That was it. And why did it come about? Well, would you believe it came from Germany? And uh, in the 17th century, a choir master invented it. And his uh, reason for inventing it was that it was to keep the kids quiet during the sermon in church. And uh, he got so concerned of all the noise, and they were in the days when, you know, uh, people thought that children should be seen and not heard. And uh, they wanted to shut them up in the sermon, so he invented this little candy stick. So when it came to the sermon, he handed them out to them. They could sit and and eat these and uh, not cause any problem uh, at all. It was plain. It did not have a look at all. But since that time, it started to develop a little bit. And uh, he turned it round for a jay. And it was to remind the people what it was all about. Jesus. So perhaps as the candy cane now, as uh, we pick it up and we see it and we look at it, and we turn it round, it reminds us of the Lord Jesus. A simple thing, isn't it, on our tree? A simple thing that we see day by day. But again, as we look for things, as we we see things in them, we can see the Lord Jesus. If we look at Christmas, we don't see the tinsel and the glitter, we see Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour. A reminder of him who came. We've been singing about him this morning. We've been singing about how we left the glory of heaven. How we came to be born in Bethlehem. How we came to be born to be our saviour. Jesus. A reminder of this morning. (coughs) But what else? Well, again, it developed a little bit further. And they turned it the other way around. And it became a reminder of the shepherd's crook. A reminder of the shepherds this morning, of how they left their flocks and how they went to the stable and how they found Jesus, just as the angel had said. No doubt they took the the crooks with them. But it was a sort of a tool of the trade. It was something that they they had to have to protect uh, those uh, sheep around about them. But it's also a reminder to us this morning that it is Jesus who said that he was the good shepherd. And what does the good shepherd do? It tells in John's Gospel, he came to look after his sheep. And perhaps as here candy cane this morning, we're reminded of Jesus, who is the good shepherd to you and to me, of how he looks after you and me day by day. 
moment by moment, year by year. And another year's gone. And as we look back, we can see how the, thy hand, O Lord, doth guide it, as we've been singing this morning. But Jesus is the good shepherd, and he cares for his flock, and he cares for you and me this morning. And we've found that to be true, haven't we? As we look back, we've seen the hand of the Lord upon us. He's brought us through good times. He's brought us through difficult times. He's brought us to this very moment in time. He's guided us. And as a reminder this morning, perhaps we should think of his goodness to us, of the many blessings that is given to us day by day. There are times when we've forgotten him and we seem he's so far away. But the shepherd cares for his flock, just as the shepherds did on that hillside. I often wonder about the shepherds. Did all the shepherds go? Was there a few left behind to care for the sheep? What happened on that day? I don't know, but they were so filled uh, with the glory that the angel had given them and that message that they went to see what had come to pass. And we should indeed be filled with wonder and awe at the Lord, who is so powerful and so wonderful, as we said, flung stars into space, done all these marvellous things, such a powerful God that he looks after his sheep. He looks after you and he looks after me this morning. What a wonderful message is that. We've got a caring God who loves us no matter what situation we're in. He looks after us as we come before him uh, this morning. It also reminds us of his, his sufferings. Jesus came as a baby, but he came with a mission. And that mission was to fulfill his father's will in order that you and I might be brought back into a loving relationship with God. He came to be our saviour. And of course we're reminded of his sufferings in that, aren't we? Isaiah tells us this. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And what has a candy cane got that reminds us? Stripes. By his stripes, we are healed. What a wonderful message that is. Looking at the stripes of the candy cane, reminding me again of the stripes of the Lord Jesus, that he was willing, as he says in Isaiah, to, to go all that way to the cross for you and for me. And by his stripes, those beatings were healed. Oh, what a little message to Candy Cane gives us this morning to remind us again uh, that the Lord indeed suffered for you and for me. It's got red in it too, hasn't it? The red reminds us of the precious blood of Jesus that was so freely 
shed for you and for me. He was willing to take that punishment upon himself, to shed his life's blood in order that you and I might be healed and saved. Of course, there's some white. The white reminds us of the cleansing of the precious blood. It reminds us that uh, though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. The purest white. A few years ago, we have uh, these white PVC window frames and doors in our house. And A few years ago, one of them failed. The, the door, the, the, the glass had gone in, in the door. And uh, I found out that you could have it Without having to have a new frame and a new door, the insides come out, you know. And they take the beads out, they can put a new inner side in. And of course, that's what uh, the joiner was going to do for us. And then he came with the question, what colour of white do you want? (laughs) And as he brought these bits and bats and he put them together, there's all sorts of different shades and different colours of white. But what the law is talking about here is the purest white, isn't it? Whiter than white, as the washing powder tells us. Pure as snow. You can't get any purer uh, than uh, that snow. And as our sins are as scarlet, that, that they can be made clean. The badness within us can be washed away by, by the precious blood of Jesus. And we can be made whole. They're made out of peppermint and sugar. Gives it a sweet taste. If you've got a sweet tooth, you can't resist it, can you? And I'm reminded of that lovely hymn, and I just turned it up this morning here in in our hymn book. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds. In a believer's ear, it soothes his sorrows, heals his wounds. And drives away his fear. What the name of Jesus, what Jesus can do for you and for me, he can take all that away. And it's so sweet to hear his voice. It soothes his sorrows. And then again in verse 2 it says, It makes the wounded spirit all, it calms the troubled breast. Tis manna to the hungry soul and to the weary rest. All these things that the Lord can do for you and for me. So sweet to trust in Jesus. That's another song that we sing, or is it a chorus? I'm not quite sure. But there's plenty of hymns and songs with words about the sweetness of Jesus, the fragrance of Jesus, the beauty of Jesus, of how he can do all that soothing within our our raging souls. It is so sweet to put our faith and our trust in him. What does the psalmist invite us to do? Or taste and see that the Lord is good. And we're invited to taste, aren't we? We've been doing a lot of tasting this last few days. (laughs) Oh, I don't like that. Oh, that's all right. Oh, I don't fancy that. No, no. And then all these different things that are coming 
uh, in into our, our our homes and our houses as we sit and eat. And I can tell you this morning that I've eaten some wonderful things this Christmas. I can tell you all the goodness and the flavours and things like that, but you know, you can sit there and it won't do you any good at all unless you've got one, unless you're tasting it for yourself and see that what I'm saying is true. And that's what the Lord and the psalmist invites us to do this morning, to, to taste of the Lord, to really put our faith and our trust in him and taste him for ourselves, to know him personally as our Lord and as our Saviour. It's as hard as rock, the candy cane. don't know if you've ever had one or not, but you break your teeth on it. There's no doubt about it whatsoever. And uh, again, it reminds us of Jesus being our rock, our salvation. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. You know, in a changing world, it's good to have something solid. Remember, Jesus used to talk about the builders, about building on, on the solid rock and building on the sinking sand, about different foundations. We've got to have a good foundation in our life. And the foundation that we're offered this morning is the foundation of knowing Jesus as our Lord and as our Saviour. It's wonderful to know the Lord to know the security and the peace that he offers to you and to me. One of my favourite uh, carols at Christmas time is the one by Christina Rossetti. It, uh, it started off as a poem, I believe, and then was put to music, and then it became in the bleak midwinter. How wonderful that is. But what does that do? It asks us a question in the last of us of that. What can I give him? What can I give him? Think about it. So many things that we have. He doesn't just want a bit. He wants all of it. He wants you. And he wants me. As we think, what can we give him? who's given so much for you and me. Hearts, our lives, our commitment. That's what the Lord wants of you and me this morning. That's a simple message from the candy cane this morning. All what Jesus has done for us, all what Jesus has given to you and to me, what can I give him? He wants you. Your heart, your life, your commitment, your time, your money, your talents, everything that you have. We've done a lot of exchanging of gifts this Christmas, haven't we, between ourselves, one way or the other. But what better would it be this morning 
if you exchange gifts with God. What he's given to you and what you can give to him. I urge you this morning to think of a simple message from a stick of toffee. To think of the gifts that God given and what you can give to him. Make this Christmas special by making that commitment to him and coming to know him as Lord and Saviour. And I would urge you, don't put Jesus away with the decorations. Amen. Let's sing our final hymn. We've put him behind us another year. And we're looking forward to a new year. We often want to put things behind us and to start again, to have a fresh start. And we've been challenged for a fresh start this morning.